pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Greetings and welcome back to your Kinetic Belief Podcast for Manifesting Your Abundant Life. I'm so glad to have you back with us today. I'm Stephen Canyon, and if you would like to receive an occasional encouraging text message from me, that's the only kind I send out, text the word (laughs) kinetic. I don't think this is the correct number. I've got here 844-844-0049. That is the correct number. (laughs) That is the correct number, yeah. (laughs) And stephencanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram while you're at it, at Stephen Canyon, and then also make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss one. You don't miss an episode. We try to do our best to uh, drop these at the same time every day, and we don't do it. So <laughs> subscribe, and um, we, we, tr- we do our best, but we don't. It just isn't we, good enough. We, it's not good enough. <laughs> and also, um, just a heads up, everybody, Facebook has changed the way that followers work. So just head over to Facebook when you have a second. Make sure that you are following Stephen, because just because you liked the page now all of a sudden does not mean that you're necessarily getting updates. So there's that. Yeah, there is that. And <laughs> and then all did did we mention the videos of the podcast? Not yet, no. Well, mention videos of the podcast is now available and you oh, can yeah. go you can go to YouTube and watch those and to find the the is it the link to YouTube? You go to the website and you can Yes. Yeah, so go there are a couple ways that you can there. watch. We're gonna be posting these on all the social media and on the YouTube channel and then on every Friday we will be posting that week's videos on our website. So you can watch directly on the website at the end of the week. And if you're in Breckenridge, just go down to the river and maybe you can find us there and we'll chat um, <laughs> while, it's, while it is sitting already happening by the river. We'll yeah. probably just develop a KB <laughs> collective by the river. Yeah, I think we have. We covered it all. <laughs> I, I hope so. so. How are yeah. you today, Steve? Well, thank you for asking. I'm doing just great. And how are you, Miss Maggie? I'm really, really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is kind of like we're beginning our creative weekend today. And I just love it all, don't you? I do. I saw a funny tweet. This girl said, nothing ruins a good Friday like realizing it's only Thursday. But for us, our Thursdays are our, our Friday. Can, you can choose. That's the thing about being a kinetic believer. You choose your Friday. That's true. It doesn't have to show up on the calendar. You just <laughs> love it. say, today's Friday. Yay. Question for you. And I was thinking about this. You know, there's such this mad, apparently, scramble to get to Mars. <laughs> yes. And which I think is fascinating, just to kind of, you know, be a spectator of the antics. And, right. you know, I think it's inevitable that humans are going to end up walking around on Mars. But so a question for you. If you were suddenly transported to Mars, how would you assess the situation? If I was okay, suddenly transported. Yeah, you're calling back live, and I'm here podcasting, and I'm okay. here with all the other KBs, and we know that your, your chair, your air chair is empty because you you were transported to Mars. Okay. And so you're calling in to the show today to assess the situation for all of us. We're, <laughs> we are so curious. Please bring us up to date on the situation on Mars. How would you do that? Oh, my word. Steven. Um you know, I yes, think it would be yes, really. Yes, you're, you're coming in loud and clear, oh Miss Maggie. Uh, we're here. Yeah. 
like I'm podcasting we're, with you. We're reading you loud and clear. You know, I do feel like if you if that happened, it would be very similar <laughs> to finding yourself sort of trapped out in the wilderness and you immediately need to build shelter. I mean, all of your basic needs come to the forefront. And unless I'm showing up to the Musk, Elon Muskville that already exists, but it doesn't sound like you're giving me that scenario. Yeah, no, that's correct, Miss Maggie. We can hear you. How do you assess the situation on Mars? <laughs> <laughs> you're on. <laughs> we this want is, to know. Is it windy? Is, um, is it cold? Is it barren? Needing, Are there cities there? Have you met any Martians yet? Needing this is to so ro- silly, isn't Needing it? to role play yeah. on a phone call with you is like what my nightmares are made of. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, it's. I think it's hilarious. You're the actor. I'm no, not an actress. Well, I think it's funny. <laughs> All I could tell you is if I am assessing the situation, I would say send sweet potatoes. We need potatoes up here. You are all about the sweet potato, because, I have to say. Because it has enough nutrients for a person to yeah. live on and nothing else. We if know. that's all that's in your diet, We've told the us. sweet potato, they say, is the perfect <laughs> food. And if we can grow those while we're here on Mars, um, anyway... <laughs> Yeah, I guess there's enough time on that, right? You know what? This, believe it or not, this is a transformational podcast, and (laughs) and if you're new, and don't go away. Our purpose here is to enlighten you to well to the grandeur of what already exists within you. Uh, We are trans transformationally. Uh, shifting to what already is uh, alive and well on the inside of you. Transformational, it doesn't mean that you're becoming uh, or that you're about to become something that you are not already. And so that's why we talk about rewilding all the time. We're going back to your original unique genius, the original unique artistry of your masterpiece, of your highest self, which already exists, and it is perfectly beautiful. And we're just simply going to rewild your awareness back to the beginning of you through these podcasts. That is our objective. We, when we're not here on, on the air talking about these things, I can assure you that Miss Maggie is talking to me about these things um, <laughs> wherever we are. But this is this is a way of life for us. And so we're rewilding awareness back to the very moment of uh, your and and my uh, our original inflation. And it's just like the Big Bang, isn't it? When you come into this into the natural, there is the moment of your Big Bang, of your original inflation to the very first moment before uh, you ever identified with something that is not you, something that's other than you. And after we have chiseled away all of those negative influences, and uh, one of the most useful tools for doing that, if you don't already have it, is the 100-Day Guided Journal that is available on our website, stephencanyon.com. Get a copy of it, and I'll guide you for 100 days through the process of chiseling away all of the negative influences that your ego has been identifying with for, you know, through 10,000 stories told a thousand different ways. And so we get rid of all of that. And, and I'll tell you this, the beautiful thing about it is that the enlightened treasure of you will be fully empowered as a kinetic believer when you, you know, get through, you don't get through the process, but well into the process. That's what becomes uh, revealed. 
Something interesting about the rewilding process that you're describing is before you take that first step, it seems difficult. It seems overwhelming. It seems like a lot. But then I have to say, one of my favorite things about becoming a kinetic believer is it lets you off the hook immediately, immediately, instantaneously. The moment of, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. revelation knowledge hits you, and all of a sudden, life doesn't need to be serious. It doesn't need to be hard. You can laugh all the time. You can have fun all the time. And as someone who's allergic to pressure... <laughs> Um, that's great. <laughs> that's the best part. You're also allergic to cats. Now, it's <laughs> and, not just pressure. And pizza-flavored fra- Pringles. Come on. No one is allergic to pizza-flavored yeah. Pringles. I hadn't eaten anything all day. You said I pring- ate them. Pringles? Pringles, or, oh, like I, the chips. Not Kringles. Not Kringles. <laughs> no, I hadn't eaten anything all day. I had pizza-flavored fra- Pringles and hives head to toe. Oh, Maybe cats were around when Could they were been. making them. But, you know, I like the way that you put that, that you are let off the hook and you're letting yourself off the hook. What a great analogy. Because a KB is someone who is masterfully creating their own life, and you're doing it intentionally by adhering to and relying upon the desires of your imaginations. So you're off the hook. You no longer are identifying with a hook that yeah. you shouldn't have been on to begin with. And so the KB... As a way of life, you know, we're, we're gratefully attracting from the universe exactly what we talk about mm. while employing the actions of our beliefs toward the craft of our manifestations. Well, and there are so many hooks, right? I mean, society and culture, from how you're graded in school to pressure from peers or parents or friends to the job you're supposed to have, all the insurance you're supposedly supposed to own. And I mean, there's just so much and it's all fear-based and it's all supposedly merit-based. And if you if you follow those those valuation systems, you're going there won't be much left of you. I mean, you're just going to be diminished so much. Um, and and so again, kinetic belief, it rips all of that open, and we get to be these supernatural creatures. Well, like you're saying, you know it's fear-based. The, all of our activities are fear-based until they are faith-based. In mm-hmm. other words, perhaps you do need insurance, but you're getting it as an activity um, and, and uh, through your awareness rather than something that you're worried about yeah. and fearful about, right. The spiritual authority that we come endued into the natural world with is an enabler for us to intuitively be able to call things that cannot be seen in the empirical realm into existence. And you are a creative creator. All of us are made, fashioned with the exact same abilities as the one who designed us. And so once we have achieved higher consciousness, and that's what we're doing, working at that, stirring it up, it's there, we recognize it. And once we've achieved higher consciousness, then our state of being is filled with the strength of joy. And peace follows us from, and it follows us from within. You don't have to go somewhere to find it. It already exists. And happiness It exudes from the optimistic navigational lens of our expectations. Healing comes forth. 
prosperity abundantly manifests, mm. and it does it at our command as well. In relationships, and this is the beautiful thing, I, I think icing on the cake, is that relationships will flourish from the fertility of unconditional love. And that's the garden that we're planting our life into, is the substance of unconditional love. Life expands to, to fulfill our genius of purpose uh, in the way that it should be. Mm. And, you know, a, a lot of people, they just don't understand love. They have the wrong definition for uh, what love really is. Mm. Wow. And people will say, for example, and I think we kind of touched on this, maybe it was yesterday. People will say things like, uh, you know, love, they love something that makes them feel good. And, or they love something when it fulfills a longing that they have. You know, the, the, um, the, the love scene, the couple standing in the rain in the movie, and, and one says, you complete me. Yeah. You, you make me whole, and those <laughs> things. Egoist love is not authentic. Yeah. It doesn't grow to become more. And so as a result, egoist love will only fade with time. And so the kind of love that we're talking about that's the fertile soil for the kinetic believer to manifest their best life is fashioned from an unconditional substance that has nothing to do with what you or a thing can do for me. And I feel like you're taking us back to the truth of everything coming from within. So especially in relationships, making sure no, whether you've been together a day or, or a decade, making sure that everything that you need is coming from within you because if if you because it is tempting, isn't it? I mean, it's so tempting in a relationship or to take love and to allow ego to take over and sort of. I think it's a lazy version, right? It's it's sort of the sit back and let somebody else drive for a while version. Well, it's all steeped in the ego and yeah. what you're identifying with because there is an original love that's located within the essence of your higher being. And it just is, whether you recognize it or not, whether you're using it or living within the um, the 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 form of it or not, if, if it's a way of life or not, it still exists. In fact, it's the lifeblood source of your being, mm. and it doesn't dissolve from the facade of desire because the source of unconditional love is it, it comes from the eternal presence of its personality. And that's a great way to look at it. it, it the unconditional love has a personality. Mm -hmm. It's the bias behind all of creation. It's, it's the thing that masterfully created every single person with an identity that's unique to itself. And, and also the essence of true love it requires nothing in return. So it, mm -hmm. it is an entity in that it is. And when we operate, our kinetic beliefs within saturated in the substance of unconditional love, mm -hmm. um, our desires to manifest never fails. Uh, underscore that. It never, ever, it cannot fail. It is not the nature or the characteristic of the substance of unconditional love to fail. It cannot do it. It is a, it's not part of its identity. And so when you awaken to the creative power of eternal love, no thing will ever, ever go missing from your life that you do not uh, uh, desire to see manifest. Nothing will ever go missing from your life. All things are completed, and whatever you put your hands to flourishes 
when you stay in that position and posture of unconditional love. Something you said that really struck me was the way that we were created. So I, I want to understand this in a deeper way. If we were, you're saying we were connected, we were created, I'm sorry, using unconditional love. And so the fruit of that is our uniqueness. It's our genius of purpose. It's our our collective diversity, if you will, but still attached to the higher consciousness. So I'm wanting to understand how I can take the creator's unconditional love that was used to bring us into existence and then pass that through into w- exactly what I'm creating? Is it is it just a mindfulness of of unconditional love as I'm manifesting, or is it more than that? Is it, is it bigger than that? Well, it's certainly bigger than that, but our portion is ac- accessed through being mindful of it, or another way of putting it is to stir yourself up in the energetics of it, mm. and to because to do that, you're transcending the ego with the higher conscious of being that um, is an approach for everything that you can see, everything that you can touch. You're doing it through the lens of unconditional love. Because when you realize that once you transcend your higher being into first place in this life, in other words, that's the first place I go, not after I've had the argument, not after we've battled it out to see who gets their way, but the first place, the first lens for living it's access because I'm stirring that up in my meditative time. I'm going into my hygge space with my cup of hot chocolate, and I'm becoming mindful of who I am and whose I am, and the optics for living this life and going out into the world, going to the workplace, driving to get there, ordering something off Amazon. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it through the lens of unconditional love. And then this is now, I've transcended ego and made those optics first place in my life. Especially, especially if you used to believe that wishful thinking was all that was required to live out your dream. You realize once you've transcended and once you get into this place of higher consciousness on a regular basis you start to realize that this new higher consciousness is absolutely, totally separate from wishful thinking. One has nothing to do with the other. One is a longing. One is the thing that you come into the natural with. And those earliest dreams in childhood that you had of dreaming of doing this and doing that, those are implanted within your your consciousness as part of your genius of purpose, but most people never realize that because they continue to operate from, from ego uh, as the lens for living. As you describe the characteristics of unconditional love, it almost makes me feel as though it, it could be uh, completely interchangeable with the term highest self. Because whenever you talk about the highest self, you talk about it's really a position of power. You're in control of your life. You're not being baited. You're not being responding to gaslighting, breadcrumbing, all the things that we talk about, negative energetics. And that seems to be completely an exact parallel to unconditional love. A, a parallel in the sense that it is a direct opposite in a way that, you know, if you are steeped in ego, then you are trying to do things on your own, if I got your question correct. No, I was just saying, um, I was asking if unconditional love hmm. could be interchangeable with the term highest self. 
got you. Highest self is is the essence of your being when you have aligned with the substance of unconditional love from source. Mm. And so, yes, there's an alignment. There's a parallel with that. And so it's being connected to a vine, a vine which is the source of life for expanding your territory, for becoming more. And the way that we stay and remain aligned with that, with our higher being, the essence of what already is within is to masterfully adhere to and rely upon exactly what you expect without wavering. And so if something shows up that's broken that you were hoping was the answer to your your dream, well, it's obviously not coming from the same place. And so we don't transfer or translate the, the, the belief, the substance of our belief for what we can see in the empirical realm. It has not, one has nothing to do with the other. And so we stay in alignment with source, in alignment with what cannot be seen until it can be seen. You know, every single person, Meg, comes here on the earth, arrives here. We're all spiritual beings having this natural experience as human beings. And we all come here to planet Earth, as wishful thinkers, as dreamers. And there's a reason for that, because um, dreams that are and goals that are held, as uh, that are part of the purpose that we were brought to in this lifetime, those, are, those represent a blueprint for the uniqueness of who you are, something that you can obtain, something that you can strive for and actually manifest in this lifetime, regardless of how fanciful or uh, seemingly uh, out of reach it may be. If you can see it, if you can imagine it, and if you desire it, there is a possibility that exists for you to acquire that, to manifest it. But what most people will do, however, is that they put aside their dreams and they they push their fantasies as if they were impossible to achieve off to the side and they just let it go. And they start living life according to the dictates of what they can see around them and what others say and, and that they can or cannot do. And so then those hopes then and those dreams and fantasies, if you will, are nothing more than just wishful thinking. And so as a result of that, they just don't manifest because they remain in the ego state of double-mindedness. And so it's nothing more than just a, a passing fanciful, fanciful thought. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough one for me today. Now, and that's one of my, my favorite things about kinetic belief is that it can take your dream and guarantee manifestation without knowing how you're going to get there. Because culture teaches us and negative influencers teach us and they and they talk us into this idea that you can have a dream, but if you cannot see the road on how you're going to get there, it, it's just wishful thinking. Oh, dreaming is nice. And that's a, that's a cute idea, Meg, but that's never going to happen um, because you don't know how to do that. But that's the beautiful thing about, you know, being in partnership with the universe, that it's going to take us from A to B. And we don't, we're not responsible for that because everyone wants us to think that I say every, I shouldn't say everyone, but there are people that want us to think that we are responsible for that portion and kinetic belief really sets us free from that. We just have to have the dream and the commitment to believe. You need to you need to make the decision that I am going to be a student of kinetic belief. Yes. You cannot uh, you cannot teach someone who's not a student and you said, you know, culture or teaches us 
In other words, it only it teaches its students. And so the moment you decide that, you know what, I am no longer going to be a student of the ego. Yeah. I am no longer going to identify with what culture and society is teaching me, with, with what history in 2021 uh, that is being made is teaching me. I'm not going to learn from that. I'm going to learn from higher consciousness. I'm going to learn from source. I'm going to learn from the, the voice of wisdom, which mm-hmm. is ensconced within the universe, and it is available to anyone that should ask. All of life's answers are enveloped in the questions that you ask. And it can be develops in their higher consciousness, in the artistry of their fantasies. And they become like Picasso, really, in in pursuit of their passions. And as such, the universe then meets them in that place of seeking, right there in the midst of their genius, right there in the place of their purpose. There is uh, an interesting story about how Picasso developed the ability to produce his amazing art in just a few minutes. And uh, Picasso was walking in a market one day when a woman stopped him and he and pulled and she pulled out this piece of paper and she said, Mr. Picasso, I am a real big fan of your work. Could you please just do a little drawing for me? <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Wow. And and Picasso quickly uh, he just smiled at her and he's he just he doodled a little bit, drew a little small but beautiful piece of art on the paper that she gave him. And then he handed it back to her. And he said, that'll be $1 million, please. And (laughs) she said, "Uh, but it only took you 30 seconds to draw this this little masterpiece, sir. And and the story says, he said, oh, my good woman. But it took me 30 years to draw that masterpiece in 30 seconds. (laughs) Picasso isn't the only brilliant creative who worked for decades to master his craft. Mm. And from the delight of enjoyment and of his genius of purpose and from the higher higher essence of his being, his journey is so typical of the world's creative geniuses, people that are experiencing their genius of purpose. It becomes a way of life, and it's not this magic carpet ride of waving a a wand and going, I really want a million dollars, and then you sit at home and wait for it to show up in your mailbox. That's not how this works. You have a genius of purpose, and the purpose of your genius is to direct you in a way of life, Mm. of enjoying your experiences, of enjoying the craft of your genius, of enjoying your unique perspective for your awareness in this universe and what is around you and your interpretation of shapes and your interpretation of of sense and and the stars at night and your interpretation of all of life that is your genius of purpose and just like picasso when you step into that it becomes a way of life 10 20 30 years will come and go and and uh, you can create a masterpiece out of your um, practiced efforts at at any any moment, and that is living wow. the life of a kinetic believer. Wow, I love how at the beginning of that you instructed us to stop being a student of the ego, and that that hit me really hard because that's that's true. We are always learning, we're always growing, especially as kinetic believers. If you have the spirit of kinetic belief, we're kindred spirits. Everyone listening is a kindred spirit. We know what it feels like. We have the hunger of curiosity that sort of propels us through life, and. 
I feel like being a student of the ego is very subtle. You know, it can be as simple as having a wayward conversation about something you're dreaming of. Oh, I want to start this business. I want to open a bakery. And then someone comes in and they say, well, why do you want to do that? (laughs) I mean, who cares why I want to do it? It's my dream. Who cares how I'm going to do it? But I just, that really was washing over me, protecting what we're learning, protecting the school that we're inserting ourselves into. And I love that Picasso story. I mean, isn't that it? Everybody looks at you like you're an overnight success, but it's like, yeah, I'm a 30-year overnight success. It's a way of life, isn't it? (laughs) You become a student of your genius of purpose. And rather than reasoning with the forms and thoughts and negative energetics that people are presenting to you, you you sit there and think about, well, why why should I not do that? Or why should you're a student then? Yeah. But, you know, like with Picasso, even people of considerable talent, they rarely produce incredible work before decades of practicing the absolute of transcendence. And really, it was in the same way of Galileo, of da Vinci, Einstein, uh, Catherine Johnson, who without her, there would not have been an Apollo space program. She's sitting there scribbling mathematics that no one could understand Mm. to uh, get them to and from the moon. Aristotle, Carl Sagan, Maya Angelou, all of these people, you, others, and, and it is amazing now how many KBs are, are are responding and telling us the same thing. They're writing in, and, and, and that one of the first things that they recognize when they awaken to higher consciousness, when transformation uh, to higher source becomes their lens for living, is that they realize that the voice in their head, well, that's not who I am. Right. And they, they, they realize that, mm. and we hear it all the time. They stop recognizing, or rather identifying, with the voice in their head. And so, if that's not who you are, then who are you? <laughs> if you're not the voice in your head, <laughs> who the heck are you? <laughs> you are the one who sees that you're not the voice in your head. Mm. That's who you are. You are a facet of the universe's awareness that came into this world. You are the entity that was before you ever identified with a thought. You are the space in which the thinking or the emotion or the feeling is taking place. One of my favorite things is to just spend any amount of time with someone else who paints, who creates art in that medium, um, because you always have a good laugh, you know, about the process and how ridiculous it is. And But one theme that always comes through is, isn't the hardest part getting out of your head so that you can even work and continue to work and and continue to create. And I've never spoken with an artist who didn't say that, that that's their biggest struggle is, quote, getting out of my head. And I feel like that's what you're describing right now as a kinetic believer, recognizing what that voice is. And isn't that how we're supposed to be living as kinetic believers beyond our heads? We have to get out of that, that mindset. And that is so true, isn't it? I, you can tell the difference, right? You can tell yeah. that when you've been painting through reasoning and through thinking, and you can tell when you've just become one with source and you're in the flow yeah. of your art form. And that's true if you're in sales, if in a relationship, you're having conversations, if you are overamped in your self-perspective. And you see it in, in young teenagers when they're out in public and they forget how to even walk because they become so aware of self, they they don't even know how to swing their arms anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's, but so it's true. the natural flow of moving into yourself that enables you to masterfully create the art form of uh, where in whatever lifestyle you're involved in. It's not just mm. painting and music. Um, right. It's whatever you're doing, changing a tire on a car. There's a you can get into the flow of it, or you can beat it with a wrench, and one is preferred over the other. Every single spiritual being, while having a natural experience, has unctions from their higher being that's directing them toward their genius of purpose. Mm. Somebody says, well, I don't know what it is. Well, you're not listening. You're talking too much. You're, you're saying, I don't know what it is, rather than asking the question, what is it? Mm. Ask the question and the wisdom of it. The revelation of it will come in. Revelation knowledge is its experience in so many different ways. Wow. And often someone will receive it, it maybe just a special feeling. Sometimes uh, it, it maybe it's those feelings are producing goosebumps and there's a physiological response to it or, or a tingling. And it's a new sense of awareness that becomes you and it's projected into consciousness and awareness. It's like I see it in a way I've never seen it before. Those are insights that are received. And some people call those insights unctions of, of channeling thoughts. Mm. And they're correct in that, in that all thoughts already exist. By, and, and what you're collecting and, and, uh, and pulling in, you're, you're channeling unctions. Unless you're becoming argumentative through the ego and repelling those things. But often these are prompted, it could be prompted by reading a book and you're inspired by it. Perhaps it's listening to this podcast or by hearing something else. It could even come from finding yourself in some strange situation you're not accustomed to being in. And then there's just an unction from the wisdom of God and it's pulsed into your consciousness and it. And there's an awakening that takes place. It may be momentary, just a very quick, momentarily uh, quick impulse of insight. Mm. I, and I personally have had several uh, road to Damascus moments in my life, and the unctions <laughs> of wisdom and the revelation knowledge of higher consciousness just becomes me. And there's there's ancient script that says if you ask for wisdom, you'll ha you'll it's granted to you. And I. Every day I'm pouring more, asking for more wisdom to to come into me, to enlighten me. And so it's through the asking that we're receiving these things. And as such, then the inner space of you, there, there is a perfect representation of the original you. It's already perfect. We mess it up. We come in and we start re thinking we know better, yeah. and other people know better in their uh, inferior states of being, and so we start messing it up. And but that perfected high, uh, higher essence of your being, it's located within the alignment of the uh, with source of you in alignment with the wisdom of higher consciousness, and it doesn't suffer. Higher consciousness doesn't suffer at the hands of others that have had access to you in the past. 
Higher consciousness is not defined by the expectations of other people. It doesn't lose. So there is no suffering within your essence of higher being. There's no more of a sweet spot to be in the land of the living than aligned with and in the fullness of the presence of your higher being. There were so many nuggets of truth and, and instruction in that. And I have to say, it's the it's the one that you began with that really struck me. I love that that we sh- that we have to stop vocalizing our issue and and flip that and start asking the right question. And wow, I mean, what a seemingly simple uh, script to flip, but it's it would change everything if we actually started going throughout our day never vocalizing an issue, but asking, putting to wisdom, requesting wisdom for because even even in being forced to articulate the question, we are propelled forward toward the solution. That's right. It, it, just an easy example of that, Maggie, is you know, somebody say that you need more money. Mm-hmm. And most people that need more money will spend their time in counseling with me anyway. They'll come in and they'll start telling me why they need more money. Right. They tell me why they don't have enough money. And they have this long list of reasons. But it's not until I can get them to the place of asking, how can I make more money? That enlightenment doesn't show up. But as soon as someone earnestly says, how can I make more money, Mm. regardless of where you are in the world, answers to that question come pouring in from wisdom. And that person can then tell me 100 different ways that they can make more money because they ask the question. People have not because they ask not. Mm. And there is resistance to asking the question. And, yeah, and, there and there's so many different reasons that the ego wants to, to resist having you ask the question. But once you get past all of those and can earnestly say, how can I make more money? The answers start coming in. And then you just simply, you've got this, this menu of choices and you can mm-hmm. choose whichever one uh, seems to be uh, most interesting to your sense of awareness and curiosity. And you're right that there are so many obstacles to getting to the place where you're going to ask the question because you know, there, there are things like emotional currency that many of us have been taught to operate in. And so your sob story pays. Your sob story pays in attention. It, it pays pays in, in um, compa- seemingly like it's like you're receiving compassion from others. It could pay monetarily. I need to borrow money because listen to my sob story. And so you, you do have to recognize that you're going to have to sacrifice that, that victim mentality, that story that we've been telling ourselves and other people in order to ask the question. Sob stories that are emotionally bound uh, create a sense of suffering, and the ego needs to su- wants to suffer. Mm. Suffering only exists without. It never exists within. Wow. It's only in the ego that suffering exists. Suffering exists without. It is, it is of the illusory of ego, and it needs an adversary to identify with anxiety and anger, resentment, jealousy, worry, doubt, fear, all of those things. It's got to have the adversary and if the adversary is what you are concocting and story writing and scripting and saying it's because nobody likes me it's mm-hmm. because i don't have enough education it's because my my, my daddy didn't like me mm-hmm. whatever it is it needs that story to prop up the anger and the resentment that gives it its sense of identity 
Isn't that the first thing they do on these shows like American Idol? Like, okay, what's your sob story going to be? What's your horrible victim story that we can attach to you? I've always thought it'd be funny to go on there and be like, I've, I've had a good life, man. Nothing's wrong. I don't know what you what story you want me to tell <laughs> before I perform. Probably wouldn't make it on the show, <laughs> I don't think I'm, you I'm would. guessing. I don't but, think you would. But, you know, as, as an intentional kinetic believer, mm. um, someone who is purposing and purposefully going getting up and as a way of life you are at kb every single day and you awaken to more realization that you are just getting started you you're recognizing that your being at the beginning of the eternal enfolding of abundance aligns your life essence with the light and the love of eternal existence Mm -hmm. and the best is always yet to come for those and you recognize that that is marvelous and wonderful and exciting and and perfect in my desire and imaginations and the, my gra- gratefulness, my gratitude, and, and the way that I'm learning to speak about my own presence and yours and the world around me and the actions that I'm taking with my, my uh, physical body, I still recognize that the best is always yet to come. And that's the optimism that mm. produces the essence of happiness within me. And that is the truth of reality. As a spiritual being, we are forever eternally moving into an existence where the best is always yet to come. We're advancing our mind, body, and soul toward perfected completion. All things are. And so we see that. That's our optics and our lens. And for all of those who practice conscious awareness like this, for those who look within to see and to feel and to hear evidence of presence around them, whatever you're experiencing is going to be more than you could have ever imagined or thought of. And it is so sweet and it is so good. Mm -hmm. And regardless of the noise of the world, it remains so sweet and so good. I feel like the theme for me today is that you're taking the identity that we work every day to establish the kinetic believer's identity and then making sure that we're lining that up with our actions, with actionable words, ac- actions in general. Um, you know, because, for example, uh, if you were born into into a royal family, um, you know, the king doesn't ask permission. The king doesn't second guess his his abilities and his authority. And so as kinetic believers, getting our mind wrapped around who we really are, and then making sure that every question we ask, every word we utter is lining up with that identity that we've worked so hard to establish. That is so good. And guess what? I got news for you. Every single KB, all of you that are listening today, you were born into royal family. You've got it cursing in your veins right now, coursing in your veins right now. <laughs> I hope it's not cursing, but it's coursing in your veins. You have right. royalty. You, We yes. are all connected to oneness, to the creator of the universe. You were splendidly crafted. Crafted, and you have the authority of royalty. You've got the dominion of royalty. And so as of such, whatever you're experiencing in life today, whatever you have been attaching yourself to and identifying with, in the very space of your moment right now, see yourself enjoying the challenge. See yourself just participating in it, not identifying with it, but just being aware that, hey, this is just something for, this is, this is just something for me to work through not to stay in and use your ego you have it for a purpose use it as a tool for observing the form of the enterprise whatever it is that you're engaged with right now rather than identifying with a task 
Identify with the essence of your being. Identify with having full access to wisdom. And identify with just having fun with whatever the experience is. There's no negative uh, in the family of royalty. And just and because none of that negative stuff is you. Don't identify with it. All things are possible for those who kinetically believe. And if it's a championship that you want to experience, well, it's yours to manifest. If you want to be the, the biggest uh, uh, specimen in the gym for the purpose of experiencing it, work out and see yourself as that manifested and go ahead and be that guy, that gal, whatever. Become the best salesman for the purpose of experiencing that, not for the purpose of being better, but just being the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. This is why Carl Sagan said, he said, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Mm. He's talking about developing and attracting and manifesting from from the unseen to be seen. Practice awareness and do it in this way. An empowerment to attract success in the gym or as an investor or an entrepreneur as a lover or a friend sets you up to attract from the universe whatever it is that you need, whenever you need it, to enjoy your best life. Let's say this out loud. Say, I wake up each morning excited. I wake up each morning excited. To experience. To experience. The greatest version of me. The greatest version of me. I am attracting positive. I am attracting positive. Circumstances. Circumstances. And positive people into my life. And positive people into my life. My unique inner genius of purpose. My unique and inner genius of purpose. It's strong. It's strong. And I have the willpower. And I have the willpower. That's causing me. That's causing me. Me. To attract, to attract, and to manifest, and to manifest a greater version of me. A greater version of me. My imaginative journaling, my imaginative journaling, is attracting my greatest desires. It's attracting my greatest desires. Changing my vocabulary, it's changing my vocabulary, and aligning my actions, and aligning my actions toward attracting abundance. Toward attracting abundance. My greatest purpose, my greatest purpose, and I want everybody to know. And I want everyone to know it is manifesting right now. It's manifesting right now before my eyes. Before my eyes. And before your eyes. And before your eyes. And I am so thankful. And I'm so thankful. Today. Today. I'm filled with the strength of joy. I'm filled with the strength of joy. And I am overflowing with the abundance I'm of o- wealth. And I'm overflowing with the abundance of wealth. I am love. I am love. I am happiness. I am happiness. I am joy. I am joy. I am prosperity. I am prosperity. I am. I am. Therefore, I am. Therefore, I am. What a fun podcast today. I am brimming, overflowing, exploding with Kinetic Believer's identity right now. I think we're all kings and queens, and we know it going into this weekend especially. Sending out so much love and so much light to all you KB creatives all around the world, and I know that you're going to have a a marvelous and blessed and wonderful and full and rich weekend and we'll see you back here again on monday see you then and thanks as usual steve for all the all the love (laughs) and all the wisdom bye